Greetings, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of the Traveling Pulpit Podcast. I am your pastor, Vernon Sheridan, and I just want to say thank you for joining me once again. If this is your first time joining me uh, on the Traveling Pulpit Podcast, I want you to know that you are welcome at any time. The Traveling Pulpit has been designed so that you can take the Word of God with you while you're on the go. And if you are one of those who have been following the Traveling Pulpit since its beginning, I encourage you to continue on this journey with me me that you and I may grow together in the word of God and that we may bring more followers in together. So if you have been traveling with me, I continue to ask that you share, that you follow, and that most importantly, that you listen to what God has to say to you and that we may grow together in God's word. Well, on today, I want to talk from the topic of death to life. Death to to life. You see, we live in a death-filled world. No matter where you go or no matter where you are in life, somewhere you are either hearing about someone's death or reading about someone's death or you are close to someone who is about to uh, go on um, to this day to, to death. It is, without saying, the most uncomfortable feeling that you can imagine. And it's not something that you would want to wish on anyone, even though when people are angry, they say things that they don't mean or they do things that they don't mean simply because of anger. That is a part of the world we live in. I'm sorry to say, I wish I could say it better, but that is just the world that we live in. Science, however, teaches us that life begins at conception. This has only been drawn to the conclusion because there are so many bills that are being passed on on the relationship of abortion, uh, trying to get people to understand that abortion is also murder and that and that when you do this, that you should be held responsible for the murder of an unborn child or a child that has not the ability to to. Uh, experience the life that it would have if it was not executed. I'm sorry that I have to say it that way, but that is the truth of the matter. That is the world we live in. And that is the traveling pulpit's purpose is to deliver God's word the way it is supposed to be delivered and not sugarcoated because of something that we benefit from. We here at the traveling pulpit do not benefit from anything but delivering the God, but delivering God's word so that the people of God will be benefited by the word of God. Amen. All right. So science teaches that. However, by faith, we believe life itself began by the breath of God. And knowing this, knowing this, that this is the fact that that life itself began by the breath of God, death was never meant to exist. Even though it does, it was never meant to exist. Here's what I'm saying. Life only comes from God and God only because God is life and his breath gives life. During the creation of the world in Genesis uh, one, 
God called all things into existence, all things, from the plants, the trees, the flowers, everything, the separation from, from, from the earth itself and the sky above our heads, from, from the water filtration system that is beneath the earth that comes up and waters the plants, all, all that was created through God's voice. And God said something else. He said, let us create man in our own image. Now, let me point out, if God's word through his through his spoken voice can bring these things to life, what can God's word in your mouth, you speaking it, bring to life? You know, I recall as a child being told to shut up. You talk too much. Be quiet. Be quiet. Go sit down somewhere. Go, go sit down. Be quiet. Shut up. Move. You know, when you speak, when you speak with power, when you speak with passion, when you speak with purpose, but when you speak with God in your mouth, things happen, things change, things will turn around. But when you speak with meekness and fear and, and, and you are unsure of things, death overshadows that person not that not not to say that that they're going to die or anything like that but you have to remember the world we live in we live in a death-filled world so there is a lot of pessimism or or pessimistic people in this world sorry but there are a lot of people who only see the doom and gloom in this world. They don't see the life that comes from the word of God in this world. And that is why we exist to bring forth the life of God through the word of God to this world. So during the creation, all things were created by God because God is all things. Life is God and God is life. And he created these things in the presence of himself and all of the host of heaven. Life or mankind in life began only after the creation of the world. You see, God created everything before he created mankind. Why did he do this? Because Exodus 20 and 5 reminds us that our God is jealous and will not tolerate any who bow down to another God. What other God I may be speaking of? The God of money, the God of power, the God of sex, the God of greed, the God of envy, the God of strife, the God of slaw. All of these things are gods of this world. And God is reminding myself. He is reminding you. He is reminding who you share this message with that God is jealous and he will not tolerate anyone who serves another God but him. Now, again, this is the relationship, but this is why the word is spoken to those who listen so that they can hear and begin to build the relationship with Christ so that through Christ, God may recognize that individual through his son who died on the cross for that, for that very reason and for that individual who accepts Christ. I may be getting off a little bit, but I'm sorry. I'm going to get back on message, y'all. Rather than being called into existence, God made man with his hands. 
And by doing so, this gave a personal connection between God and his creation, simply because man was to be the God of the earth or God's representative on the earth. God's breath touched the nostrils of man and man came to life because of God being life. And I can't stress that enough. So you may hear that a few more times in this message that God is life because I want you to understand where life comes from. So man, the instant God's breath touched his nostril, became 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 alive. Now, man was given great responsibility, not just the responsibility to caretake the garden or or tend to the garden. No, he was given the great responsibility to do as God has done, and that is reproduce life. Everything God created has the ability to reproduce itself through the process of the seed, even in man. Man was supposed or is supposed is doing the reproduction of life through himself. I'll explain that in a few moments. Take fruit, for example. Let's just take take fruit, for example, and single that out. Every fruit contains seed that when replanted reproduces itself. Every seed that comes from the fruit, cherry seeds, watermelon seeds, peaches have seeds, apples have seeds, all of these things, grapes have seeds, all of these things have that that have seed in them have the ability to go back into the ground to be reproduced. So it can do the same thing over and over and over again. Man is no different. Man was given the ability to reproduce himself through his seed over and over and over again, which is why God told man and the woman to be to be fruitful and multiply, because the seed from man would be given to the woman in her womb that would produce the life that would create another human being as himself. But when man chose to disobey God and eat of the forbidden fruit, knowing to him, unknowing to him, everything around him and in him died. The hard truth came when God came to man face to face and served him with the penalty of death for his disobedience. Genesis 3 and 17 says this. Now, this is God being face to face, being face to face with man. Because you listen to the voice of your wife and you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you In pain. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorn and thistle. It shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and dust you shall return. You see, everything was going good until man got it into himself that nothing would happen to him if he ate this fruit. 
simply because he was persuaded to do so. Now, for centuries, death has reproduced death. But in death, because of man's disobedience, something else was produced on the earth. That is called sin. Sin is the go-between between life with Christ and eternal separation in death from Christ. When man sinned, everything on the earth went into a total 360 reverse. There was no longer life in anything. God did not provide the life to the things that were once given life to. Now, these things all will die. Fruit will go rotten. Grass will burn up in the summer heat. Trees will die because of malnourishment. And man will die because of his disobedience. So for centuries, death has produced nothing but more death because the seed produces because the seed that is dead produces dead beings. There is no other way to say it. Death reproduces death. Now, let me point out that death is just eternal separation from life because God is life. So death is eternal separation from God. God did not intend for his creation to be separated from him. So God promised to give us life that comes through death. Yes, God promised to give us life that comes through death. How, you may ask? Through the very system that produces death, reproduction. Remember, if you will, in Genesis 3 and 15, God said to the serpent in which Satan represented, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God is saying right there that my seed upon which I give to the world will destroy the kingdom that Satan is building. See, Satan's kingdom is to separate through the work of sin, through the work of disobedience. But God said, my seed will destroy that kingdom. Now, let me point out this to you real quick. Satan is not death. He is not death, nor is he its creator. He is not. What Satan is in terms of death is the persuader to death. God gives life and Satan persuades people into eternal separation from God. Now, if you doubt that, read Genesis chapter three, verse four through six. And, and find out for yourself, he is not death. He is the persuader to death. Death is the eternal separation from God. Now, I'm not trying to make that point to make you believe. I'm trying to make that point so that you will read Genesis chapter three, verses four through six for yourself. That is where the truth is found in God's word, not from my voice, because though I have studied God's word, I want you to do the same thing so that you will be aware for yourself. But through death, 
came life. And God always keeps his promises and have kept his promise. Through the womb, as you heard me say before, through the womb, beyond all logic and reason to mankind, God used the untouched womb of a virgin to change the world. Man's seed produces death, but the seed of God produces eternal life. Let me go a little bit deeper into this real quick while I have time. The seed of a woman or the womb of a woman is alive, is alive until the death seed of man touches it. Then the womb itself dies because the womb has no choice but to produce death. Though the children that the woman produced may be alive when they come out of the womb, they are under a time limit on this earth. Just as man, when he felt in disobedience, has a time limit on this earth. So she is basically giving birth to death. Now, let's go forward. John 14 and 6. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one come to the father except through me. Now, it doesn't end there. And though it is that simple for us who believe, not everyone believes. So we have to remind those who don't believe that God, through the seed of life that God provides, he is the resurrection and the life. Jesus says that he rem Jesus reminds us that he is the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in him, though he die through the death of the seed of mankind, through the seed of Christ, he shall live. Christ goes on to remind us that everyone who believes in him shall never die. And he wants to know, do you believe this? Okay, here's another way of looking at it. When Mary was about to be married to Joseph. She was a virgin. We all, we all know this. We all know this. Even a non-believer knows this. She was come upon by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit of God is fulfilling the promise that was made in Genesis 3, that he would put enmity between the man and the woman. So the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary and places within her the seed of of God, because if man can produce children through the seed of his body, God himself can produce himself through his own seed given to the live womb of a virgin. Now, even though Mary was not a saint, Mary too was a sinner because she came from sinful seed. Her womb is alive because her womb has not been touched by my man's sinful seed. So by her having a live womb, having a live seed that comes from God only will produce life. That is how we get life from death, because Mary went on to die. She went on to her grave. How do I know this? Because the Bible lets us know. Now, if you want to challenge it, we can challenge it. If you want to know more, 
I can tell you more, but I know for a fact that 2,000 plus years ago, we know Mary isn't alive anymore. So I'm not trying to 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 uh, bring that fact out. But what I'm saying is that Mary has given life. Her womb has given life to a dead world. Her son named Jesus, whom they said they were they were that they they were instructed to call him, has given life to a dead world. From man, death came, but from God comes life. And I do challenge you to read for yourself. I challenge you to read the Bible for yourself so that you will know for yourself these things that life comes from God. I love you. And when I say I love you, I tell you these things so that you can be aware of these things so that you can make the choice for yourself so that so that your conscience can be clear so that when you make the the the, the sure election that you choose Christ, that you are clear in making this decision. Christ is the only way and through him comes life, but through the world comes death. Guys, that is my time for today. I just want to just drop that little nugget in on you. I hope that I have challenged you. I hope that I have inspired you, but I pray that you will go seek it for yourself. So that way you will be aware. God's word is to be a source of life, not a representation of death. Sin is the representation Sin is the separator. Death is what we're living in now. But Christ says in me, though you may, though you may die, you shall live. And those that are in me shall never die. He says that to Martha at, at the time of uh, Lazarus's death. And he reminds us that he is the way, the truth and the life that no one comes to him. No one comes through the father except through him. Now, I'm going to close this message, guys. I'm going to get on out of here for this Sunday. Thank you for this week's for listening to this week's episode of the Traveling Pulpit podcast. Do not forget to join me on next Sunday for a whole new inspired message from the word of God. I am your pastor Vernon Sheridan of the Traveling Pulpit, and I want to thank you for listening on today. Uh, let us uh, say a prayer and be dismissed. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank you so much again, uh, everyone. I hope that you will join me on Wednesday for Refuel and Recharge, an inspirational message and midweek inspirational message that will get you through the rest of the week. Our cars, now that we have electric cars, they need recharging. Our vehicles, they need refueling. So do our souls. So join me on Refuel and Recharge this Wednesday. Hey, tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. I love you and talk to you soon. Bye now.